the talk for tonight is, I entitled it, The Tale of the Two Gardens. Um, so in the sixth hour of the eve of Great and Holy Friday, um, the Gospel readings bring our attention to the events that took place in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm just going to take a little moment here to read the Gospel reading from the sixth hour, according to St. Matthew. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and said to the, to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul ex is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, and said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into tempt temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again a second time he went out and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. There are two major gardens that, that are present in the Holy Bible that have a significant impact on the fate and the life of humanity. In the book of Genesis, we read about the Garden of Eden and the events that transpired to, that led to the fall of man. Conversely, in the four Gospels, we are introduced to the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Gethsemane, uh, as some of us are aware, uh, translated to oil press, was near the Mount of Olives, and its role in the salvation of our fallen state. Remember that man fell from the glory of God and became estranged in a garden, the Garden of Eden, because he ate from the forbidden fruit of a tree. It was not coincidence that Christ would choose to bring salvation to mankind in a garden, and also fulfill the salvation while crucified on a tree, the tree of the cross. Tonight we're going to be contrasting the two gardens and meditating on their role in our salvation. In both gardens we see the love of God towards humanity. In the Garden of Eden, God, out of his abundant and infinite love, created Adam and Eve. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The creation of man was a means for God to extend his boundless love to his creation, giving it, the, giving it life with his breath. Similarly, in the Garden of Gethsemane, God's infinite love is shown in his determination to save that same creation that he had once given life to. This was accomplished by the incarnation of his only begotten Son and his death on our behalf that we may be reunited with him once more. So this is one similarity between the two gardens that we see 
Now we'll just take a look at some of the differences between the two gardens. First point is, um, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve talked or conversed with the serpent, which uh, we all know is a representation of evil or of darkness. In the book of Genesis we read, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you, you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. It is through this dialogue with the serpent that humanity learned the discernment between good and evil and distanced itself from the true image in which it was formed and began recognizing its nakedness. In the Garden of Gethsemane, however, Christ our Savior conversed with the Father the source of light, and in turn, reuniting the dialogue between us and the Father once again. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sinned by straying from, the command, from God's command, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. At this point, the sin, sin has become a burden for Adam and Eve, carrying it all their lives. So in the book of Genesis, it explains this burden. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then, Adam, then to Adam, he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of, Cursed is the, crown, is the ground for your sake, in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. But thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you, till you return to the ground, for of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So this happened to Adam and Eve. Um, after sinning in, in the Garden of Eden. Our Lord Jesus took this burden upon himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, agonizing over the suffering that would follow because of the sin that Adam had brought upon humanity. The Gospel of St. Luke goes on to vividly explain the extent of this overbearing agony that our, our Lord had, explaining it, with his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. A third difference between the two gardens, uh, we take a look in the book of Genesis. Adam and Eve fell before Satan in Eden when Eve obeyed the word of the serpent and in turn Adam down and uh, sorry, in turn led Adam down the same path of disobedience. On the contrary, we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the book of St. John, the opposite. 
In John chapter 18, verses 3 to 8, it says, Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with their lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he, and Judas, who betrayed him, also with them. Now when he had said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So we see in these two gardens a clear distinction between Adam and Eve falling before the serpent, while in Gethsemane we see the soldiers falling before our Lord. Another difference we see in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve accepted the forbidden fruit from the serpent that led to their ousting from the garden and brought upon suffering to Adam and his race. However, in Gethsemane, Christ willingly accepted the cup of suffering. So one accepted the forbidden fruit and the other accepted the cup of suffering. He accepted it from the Father on our behalf, being the descendants of Adam. And in Matthew chapter 26 it says, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Another difference we see between the two gardens is the, rece the reaction of Adam versus the reaction of Christ to the shame of sin. In the Garden of Eden, Adam heard God's voice in the garden and hid himself because of his fear of nakedness. Human nature in this instance took over because Adam knew he had done something wrong and was afraid of the consequences. Christ, on the other hand, displayed strength when showing himself to the soldiers. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I am he. Two more differences. The next one, um, we see the use of the sword in both gardens. In the Garden of Eden, the sword was drawn to prevent Adam from accessing the tree of life after he had sinned. It says in Genesis chapter 3, So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. We see the opposite here in the Garden of Gethsemane, where um, the sword that was drawn to prevent Adam from accessing the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the sword was sheathed to open up the way to the tree of life through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we read um, in John chapter 18, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. The servant's name was Malchus, so Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? One last point um, tonight, the, contrasting the two gardens, um, which I found quite interesting, actually. Um, Adam and Eve ate from a living tree, known as the tree of knowledge and good and evil, 
which surprisingly brought upon death. Um, it's interesting to note that this tree was also rooted in the Garden of Delight, which is Eden. The second tree, which is the wood of the cross, um, it's a tree not in the ground, it's a dead tree, was utilized by Christ to bring upon life. This tree was rooted in the Garden of Suffering, which is Gethsemane. Quite a contrast we see here, a living tree bringing upon death, while a dead tree bringing upon life. And this was accomplished because of the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. This Holy Week brought us to contemplate about the two gardens that played a prominent role in both the fall of man as well as his restoration back to the true and original image. The two gardens, although distinct in many ways, are rooted in an overarching theme. To every garden, there must be a gardener. It is not until we see the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are brought to light as to who might this gardener be. In the Gospel of John, we recollect Mary Magdalene going to the tomb to visit the body of the Lord after, the death on, after his death on the cross. And it says, But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looking into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and, said, and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, which is the point here, um, said to him, Sir, if, I, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Mary Magdalene, supposing Christ to be the gardener, is befitting when we look at our Lord. He not only served as our creator in the Garden of Eden, in Gethsemane he became the bearer of our sins that died on our behalf to grant us a second life of which we are not worthy. We pray that we may no longer be ashamed of walking with our Lord as we, are, as we were in Eden, but be granted the strength and courage to walk with him in Gethsemane, that we may die with him on Good Friday and rise with him in his magnificent resurrection. To him is due all glory now and forever. Amen. We want to thank you so much for listening to St. Basil's podcast. We hope that you have gained spiritually from our remarkable speakers, and we appreciate your support towards this podcast. St. Basil American Coptic Orthodox Church is looking to purchase a home, and we would love for you to be a part of our community. We are looking to raise funds towards this novel mission, Orthodoxy in an American Context within the San Diego area. You may donate online through our website, www.stbasil.net that's www.stbasil.net or click on the link below and it will take you to our donations page you may also mail in your contribution at the address located on our website we thank you for any contribution and may our lord jesus christ always bless your heart and home